Adam Braun is an American entrepreneur, best-selling author, and philanthropist. He is the founder of Pencils of Promise, a nonprofit organization that builds schools and increases access to education for children in the developing world. His book, The Promise of a Pencil, How an Ordinary Person Can Create Extraordinary Change, debuted at number two on the New York Times bestseller list in 2014. Adam has received numerous awards for his work, including Forbes 30 Under 30, Business Insider 40 Under 40, and Wired Smart List of 50 People Changing the World, and he was selected as one of the first 10 World Economic Forum Global Shapers. I fundamentally believe that there are millions of young people that are attending or making a really critical decision that they do not realize is going to leave them worse off than when they entered the college that they're choosing. And I can't kind of sit idly by and know that that's happening. Adam's latest project, Mission U, looks to redefine the higher education industry. In this illuminating discussion, hear about Adam's experience in building over 400 schools across the globe and how it helped inspire his mission to fix our education system back home. Please enjoy our conversation with Adam Braun. listening to the Ivy Podcast by Ivy, the Social University. We are the Grad School for Life, and our mission is to spark world-changing collaborations by introducing you to the most inspiring people, ideas, and experiences in the world. For more information about the Ivy community and to find out about events happening near you, visit ivy.com and email us at membership at ivy.com. It's so great to have you here. Thank you. You have a truly fascinating journey, and you've been involved in some incredibly interesting and impactful projects. So would love to start really with your story of how you got to found Mission U. What was the inspiration? Sure. Well, you know, I um, spent really the last decade of my life focused on education, in particular in the developing world, and for children in rural poverty at the primary age level. So um, that was really the, the focus for me and it, it kind of started in my early 20s as a backpacker traveling through the developing world and then I went to work at Bain and while I was at Bain I really got this, this incredible foundation that I felt like was going to make me you know, an effective entrepreneur or contributor to any company and then I decided to focus that through um, founding Pencils of Promise back in 2008 in hopes of building one school and now today that's uh, over 400 schools globally that, that um, we've built at Pencils of Promise. And, you know, I, I spent a lot of time on college campuses to grow this organization because so much of our support and, and really energy was drawn from these grassroots, grassroots um, kind of fundraisers that, you know, kids were running on college and high school campuses. Um, and it was really, really powerful. And so one thing that became incredibly clear when uh, I spent time with college students was they kept on saying, look, you know, we love what you're doing internationally, but it would be so helpful if you could work on something here at home because we have a really broken education system here. And, you know, I believe in organizational focus. I felt like Council Promise needed to focus on uh, where it's ultimately serving in the developing world. But everything really changed for me when I met my wife um, because she grew up um, in a household with incredibly loving parents, but, you know, they were first-generation, um, you know, college students, herself and her sisters, really aspiring to 
you know, advance their well-being and, and you know, move up in, in kind of our, our society's socioeconomic ladder. And we've kind of sold that dream to young people for so long. Go to college and that's how you can get ahead, especially if you're from a family without a lot of financial means. And, and that's certainly what she went into. And after about two and a half years of college, she had to leave school because of the financial hardship and the amount of debt that she was taking on, as well as the disconnection between what she was learning and how that would actually apply to a career that she wanted to build. And you know that debt stays with you for life though. And in fact, it often increases because your interest rates are so high. And so by the time I met her, she had uh, over $100,000 of student debt without a bachelor's degree and no hope of ever getting out of that debt because uh, student debt is only debt in the United States. It can't be discharged through bankruptcy. And when I learned about really her situation, it became very personal for me. Um, and I started to do the research and look at the data. And what became clear was um, her situation was not unique. Um, she was uh, one of many, many millions who were going through this type of situation and we needed new solutions for it. And that was really the motivation to start uh, what is now Mission U. So it's fascinating how you've been focused on pencils of promise, 400 schools across the world, very much focused on developing nations. And now you've turned your attention to the education space, but much closer to home in the U.S., also yeah. inspired by your wife's experiences. Tell me, um, what is Mission U all about? What's the mission of it? Yeah. What are you? What, what is your vision for this company? So Mission U is a one-year college alternative for the 21st century. Um, you know, our, our aim is to prepare students for the jobs of today and tomorrow debt-free. Um, so when you really do the research and you spend time both looking at the data as well as just having conversations with anyone that's either in college, thinking about going to college, or been an undergrad really in the last five years, what you learn is that there are two major issues that leads to the current state of college being fundamentally broken, in my opinion. The first issue is that uh, students are leaving college, even if they get a degree, uh, woefully underprepared for the job market that they're trying to enter. Um, the number of students who have BAs and are underemployed, meaning they're in jobs that don't require a bachelor's degree, and certainly they didn't study for the job that they have is enormous. Um, and in general, when you speak to employers, what you hear time and time again is, sure, they come out of college and you know they, they're nice people, but they have none of the skills that are necessary for them to actually be a meaningful contributor to my company on day one. And so you have to spend a lot of money on recruiting and training, but you know those who believe that college is a path to a meaningful job um, have been sold a false promise. That's, that's the truth, in my opinion. The second and even bigger problem is whether you graduate or not, many, many people, millions of young people around the country are leaving school with crippling, insurmountable debt. Um, and student debt, as I mentioned, is the only debt you can't declare through bankruptcy, so it's with you for life. When you end up defaulting, then it crushes your credit for life. Uh, right now, there are 3,000 uh, individuals in the United States every single day who are defaulting on their student loans. We have $1.4 trillion of student loans, much more than you know, credit card debt or many other kinds. So we really seek to address these, these two major issues. Um, you know, to address the, the debt, you know, the situation, again, that my wife ended up in, that's something that I want to make sure every single person can avoid. And so uh, at Mission U, we kind of turn on its head. We think it's important that institutions are held accountable uh, to the outcomes of their students. That, you know, rather than you investing up front in a college and then hoping that they end up, you know, giving you some value, we flip it, you know, to the exact opposite and say, we're going to invest in you for a year. And so there's no tuition upfront at all. It's uh, zero dollars. If you get into Mission U, then what we choose to do is invest in you for a full year. And at the end of that full year, when you got into the job market, 
if and only if you secure a job that pays you $50,000 or more, then you contribute 15% of your income for three years back to Mission U. And that allows us to extend that opportunity to the next student. So, so that's how we solve the um, kind of debt-free piece of our, our model. And then on the curriculum side, we start with employers. And so you know, the people that are crafting uh, Mission U's curriculum are, for the most part, industry practitioners. There's a couple you know, traditional academics from leading schools like you know, Harvard and Stanford and some of the others that have helped us think through the, kind of, the, the scaffolding or the architecture of how we design the year. But the actual content and curriculum um, is you know, it, one, um, it starts with our employer partners, which are leading companies that really do two things. They advise us on curriculum so that we're meeting their needs. And then on the back end of that, we give them early preferred access to our top graduates to potentially hire. And, you know, right now our, our uh, employer partners are companies like Spotify, uh, Lyft, Uber, Warby Parker, Harry's, Casper, Plated, and a handful of others. Amazing. So just so I, I, I got this straight, it's a one-year program. There's no upfront tuition, Correct. and therefore no student debt. And you are directly helping people get jobs at these top companies. Um, and then in exchange for when they are successful, then they can contribute back to your program. Correct. Sounds like a genius model. <laughs> um, we'll see. I mean, yeah. our, our belief is after speaking to you know, hundreds of students, parents, and employers, that there was a way to build a win-win opportunity for everybody and that you didn't just have to you know, kind of play by the traditional rules of higher education because they haven't been changed in hundreds of years and they worked for a long time but they don't work for the modern student and they're not working for the modern employer. So you know, our goal is really to train you know, the traditional undergrad for a exciting and fulfilling and meaningful career and that has to start with getting a great first job mm -hmm. so you know these these companies help advise us on curriculum our goal is not just to get a job at one of them it's it's really to get a job period but they help us think through you know what are the uh, needs of a company like some of these industry leaders because our belief is that they're indicators of the needs of the entire industry yeah so the financial model is fascinating and very compelling. Um, so I really want to deconstruct a little bit exactly what the yeah. experience at Mission U would sure. look like. So first of all, is it based on a certain location? Mm -hmm. Is it digital? What's what's your approach to that? Great question. So you know the the kind of traditional model of having a large lecture hall where one person sits at the front of the room, and you know you're have four hundred students kind of dozing off. It, clearly doesn't work all that well. What we saw in 2012 was the rise of um, you know, companies like Coursera and Udacity that said, we can flip it on its head and everybody can get access to the best professors in the world. The challenge with uh, purely online learning when it's pre-recorded lectures is that less than 5% of people ever complete those courses. So our belief is that you need to create a form of what we call blended learning. Um, so it's both online and in person. So about 90% of your experience will happen online as a Mission U student, but these are not pre-recorded lectures. These are live virtual classrooms where it's you and your fellow classmates as well as an industry practitioner, who, which are the teachers here, you know, real practitioners of, of the crafts that you're learning, the skill set. Uh, they are teaching you and you are you know, captive behind your computer. There's, you know, kind of to borrow a phrase from a company called 2U, uh, there's no back row. And uh, when you get into Mission U, you're part of a 25 student cohort. So all cohorts are 25 students. That's part of our model. And uh, so 90% happens online, primarily via live sessions. 
but we think it's absolutely essential that you come together for a number of reasons. First of all, you know, the lifelong friendships that you build in college, those don't happen purely online. And you can think about all the times that you've met somebody a handful of times in person, and then you could develop this really meaningful you know, relationship that intersected between online and in person. It didn't always have to be in person. In fact, it could be primarily online, but you needed to come together at some point to really have the depth of authenticity to build that relationship. It's also really important for soft skill development, which is one of the things that we really focus on. Um, and we want to make sure that our students are all close to one another, um, as well as the employers where they're going to be interviewing for jobs. So um, we have uh, basically host cities, we consider them. The city is the campus, more or less, in our mind. So uh, when you're in your 25 student cohort, the requirement is all students have to live within 50 miles of your cohort's city. And you come together for a three-day orientation to kick off your year. Then you have a monthly meetup every single month at either a company campus, a college campus, or a collaborative working space. Um, and then you come together for graduation as well. That's in person. But we don't position graduation at the very end of the year. Uh, it's something that we find incredibly frustrating about traditional colleges that career services is an afterthought. And you graduate, and then you're supposed to go find a job by yourself. So uh, our graduation moment is actually six weeks before the year ends. And then after that, you have six weeks uh, that we call career launch that's reserved as part of your year, where we support you from everything through um, interview preparation and navigation to salary negotiation. When does the term start? So uh, we opened up for uh, full admissions. Anybody can apply starting March 21st for our fall cohort. And uh, that initial cohort will start really September of 2017. And we'll have cohorts that start quarterly after that. Got it. And uh, is it a full year? Yeah, it's a full year program. So 12 months? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah, 12-month program. Okay. And what are the... What is your curriculum? What are we teaching? Yeah. So uh, the way the year is broken out, um, first and foremost, we, we have ma you know uh, a major, right? And in college, we have this kind of major, but major you know, can mean a lot of things. Um, so we're launching with one major, um, and that major is data analytics and business intelligence. This came out of many, many conversations with employers and said, what are your biggest challenges? Where are the high growth industries? Also well-paying industries. And what's so fascinating is that every single company, and this was not tech companies only, this was media companies, this was you know, um, commerce companies, this was you know, the, the kind of milk stand on the corner has the same need nowadays. And it's to be able to gather the data that they're able to collect as we see this huge growth of data in you know, so many contexts, and then have individuals that know how to use that data to analyze it, to synthesize it, and ultimately to allow it to inform business decisions that will benefit that business going forward. And so, you know, we really spent a lot of time on the space and identified this is our first major. Now, the way the year works, though, is that the first quarter, which we call foundation, you learn eight really hard skills. And these are uh, the foundational eight hard skills that we think will make you an effective employee at any company. These are things like uh, project management, business writing, uh, Excel modeling, a basic tech foundation of HTML and CSS, public speaking, requirements gathering. Um, and, you know, I started my career at Bain, and it was an incredible training ground. We both came out of Brown, right? And, you know, I learned a lot, but I wasn't prepared to actually contribute to a company in a meaningful way. And in a very short period of time, Bain has this incredible training program that really inspired our, our first um, quarter. The second quarter, we called Discovery. Uh, it's it focused on kind of the process of self-discovery, the deep introspective work that so many of us did in college to really say, where do I want to find my compass? Who do I want to be in the world? And it can be done in a very condensed way. It just rarely has a curriculum around it. 
um, as well as some of the essential knowledge that we think everybody should learn. Things like how do you pay your taxes, how do you balance a checkbook, stuff that isn't usually taught in college. Your third quarter we call specialization, and, and uh, that's where you focus on your major. Uh, 12 weeks, very immersive, you know, intensive sprint to really gain the industry skills. And then the fourth quarter, you're broken up into small teams and you act as pro bono agencies to real businesses. So if there's anyone out there that's listening to this and is thinking, geez, I could use a data analytics team um, to, or you know, a business intelligence team to help break down some of the issues that I'm having at my company and make formative recommendations, uh, you can go to Mission U and there's a slash partners actually, and you can just apply right there and we'd love to have some of our students work on um, some of your biggest challenges. And this way they build a public portfolio of work and a really robust resume that can demonstrate that they've actually taken on the challenges ahead um, than they have graduation and the career launch. Okay, so that fourth quarter is pretty much like an internship. Yes, right? exactly. I mean, when you, when you speak to employers, what they will tell you is that they highly, highly prioritize internships. In fact, over GPA frequently. So uh, as an employer, you're more than likely to hire a B student who's held two to three internships than you are to hire an A-plus student who's never held an internship in the space that you, know, you work in. The problem is internships don't scale very well. And our interest is high quality, you know, affordable education at scale. And when you're placing someone in a company, ultimately the management um, dictates the experience. But if you uh, use this model of kind of agency-based work, um, it allows us to kind of maintain the quality control on both sides and allows the students to get an internship-like experience. Got it. So the, the application process for Mission U, how does that work? How are you going to select who's going to be a part of it? Who are you targeting in the first place? Yeah. And then how are you going to select through those applicants? Well, I'm sure you've seen this, but you know, there's so many stars inside of companies that didn't do very well on SATs, that weren't the incredible you know, student by the traditional sense. And we've decided um, that there are enough schools that already prioritize the standardized test route. Um, and you know the focus on purely academic learning and so we said look um, we exclusively want to prioritize future potential over past standardized test scores so we've taken SAT out of the equation entirely we don't look at SATs when you actually break down the, the data it's a direct correlation to wealth in this country um, you almost entirely exclude massive populations if you say hey here's an SAT threshold um, we also don't look at GPA at all and you don't have to have had a high school degree in order to get into Mission U. Um, we have a four-step process. The first step, which you can go to just missionu.com slash apply um, and go through. We just ask you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Help us understand your background, your motivation, your ambitions. What's your dream job, you know, dream life? The second step is an admissions challenge. Um, you know, this is really a way for us to understand how do you solve problems? Um, are you willing to work through real challenges and use the resources around you in the world to get to those solutions? So, you know, it's entirely open book. You can use the internet, you can use Google, you can do whatever you want to research for these answers. Uh, we just ask that you not use another person. Um, and then those that do well, they move on to a group challenge. And this is four people in a live virtual classroom. Uh, you schedule a time, you join, and this is really about us assessing, assessing your soft skills. How do, do you solve problems? Do you work well with others? Uh, you have a 45-minute session when you show up, you're given a prompt. Uh, an example would be that we've used um, is you know, self-driving vehicles are coming to the American economy. Will they have a net positive, net negative, or net neutral impact in the next 10 years and why? And you have 35 minutes as a team to come up with a presentation and your you know, core beliefs on it. And uh, the last 10 minutes you present as a team to one of our admission staff and those who do well in that context. Again, we're looking for really strong soft skills. Uh, move on to a final individual interview. 
It also happens uh, online in a virtual classroom, and then we make our admissions decision from there. Yeah. It sounds like you're approaching it almost as a recruiter rather than a college, right? You're really yeah. looking out for people who have the potential to, right. to add value to these companies. You that- know, again, I've spent so much time trying to understand this space. Um, it's been really, you know, years now trying to figure out uh, how do we better serve students, in particular in this country. And, you know, one of the really uh, compelling research studies I came across was one that was conducted with several thousand freshmen in college. And they said, why are you going to college? You know, what is the thing you are buying college for, more or less, is what they were asking. If you're going to take on enormous debt, right, tens if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, what's the point of this for you? And um, 91% said to get a better job. Unequivocal. Top answer. And yet colleges don't see that as their responsibility. And so we said, okay, if there's a large subset of the American population of young people that are trying to pursue higher education because they want to get a better job, let's design an experience that enables that and also isn't just about helping them gain you know, core skills, but holistic self-development that allows them to be the type of contributor to not only a company, but to their family, to society, um, that they can be really proud of. And, and that's ultimately our, our biggest goal. But it has to start with the dignity that comes with seeing a better future ahead. And you can't even think that way when you're you know, crushed by student debt and, and you feel like your, your future potential has been stripped from you. And in terms of the actual time invested too, so one, the tuition and the debt is one thing, but also you know, you're replacing yeah. what traditionally takes four years. Right. Uh, in the U.S., and you're condensing it also into four quarters, mm-hmm. one of which is the internship. Mm-hmm. So how do you kind of think about that? So from an employer's perspective, yeah. um, you know, what about, you know, just like the amount of time spent in that social collegiate environment? Yeah, uh, you know, our, our target is really 19 to 25-year-old students. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a handful of them, I think a lot of students out there are currently somewhere in their college journey. Um, and not really sure how to find that bridge between their education and their employment. Uh, so, you know, we're not just going to have a cohort of 18-year-olds, you know, that just kind of got their high school diploma and is saying, okay, now I'm going to do a year and then I'm going to enter the workforce. It, it, I think there'll be some extraordinary young people who do end up joining the program and, and we really see that potential. Wow, after a year, I would totally hire this person. But, um, you know, I think for the most part, all of our grads will be you know, individuals that are in their 20s um, have been through this formative year-long experience and are ready and eager to be great contributors to companies. Um, you know, 60% of those who achieve a bachelor's degree transfer at some point in their college journey today. That's the current stat. Um, but when you look at that transfer experience, they lose their college credits. Uh, they oftentimes have to take on more debt in multiple years to get to whatever degree they're pursuing. And so, you know, what we're saying to students is, regardless of where you are in your journey, if you get into our program, we're going to invest in you for a year, and we're going to tie our entire well-being to your future success. And if I was, you know, somewhere between the ages of 20, you know, 18 and 25, that's exactly what I would want to hear out of any institution that, that I was going to commit my well-being to and my future education towards. What I really love about the model also is it's success-based. So if you don't deliver for the employers, mm-hmm. the kinds of individuals and the training that they're looking for, yeah. they're not going to recruit from Mission U. Right. And vice versa, if you don't place those students, then yeah. you're also 
you know, they're not going to be able to contribute back to the program, mm-hmm. the contributions which you'll need to keep running. So that's also very unique as far as in the education yeah. space where you're going to be, uh, as a new organization, totally focused on delivering for both the students and the employers, right. whereas a traditional college may not be thinking about both sides of the equation. Yeah, I mean, you know, I spend... You know, almost a decade now focused on uh, developing world context before this and with Pencils of Promise, you know, one of the things that I think enabled us to grow and ultimately you know, now build 400 plus schools, raise tens of millions of dollars, was that we had a real focus on outcomes, that, that we you know, committed to people that when you contribute money to this organization, we're going to show you the return on that investment. There's going to be real you know, measures of evaluation which most nonprofit organizations certainly don't do. They just get, you know, you give them a check and they send you, you know, a smiling photo and everyone's kind of happy and moves on. And when I looked at uh, the landscape of higher education in the United States, I saw a similarity there, that there's just not a sense of accountability to outcomes. Um, and that was okay for a while when the cost wasn't so um, prohibitive that if you didn't achieve that outcome, that you were worse off than when you entered college. I mean, you know, I fundamentally believe that there are millions of young people that are attending or making a really critical decision that they do not realize is going to leave them worse off than when they entered the college that they're choosing. And I can't kind of sit idly by and know that that's happening, having seen it happen to my wife and, you know, now having newborn twins at home and thinking, you know, if this is the society that we're creating where you know, college, which for so many years was the great equalizer, um, is now creating a greater divide between the haves and have-nots, um, then we need to, to try and do something to shift that up. And that's really the motivation for me is, is to enable you know, greater um, opportunity for, for every student regardless of their background. Well, one other thing I want to ask um, is from a certification perspective, mm-hmm. what is the credential that... Yeah. The individuals will have will yeah. it be official accreditation or is it more something that employers are going to recognize as valuable yeah so for, for us it's the latter um you know our our core belief is the single most valuable credential that you have in the workforce is your first job uh or your most recent job right um not the piece of paper and nowadays uh you know let's say 10 15 years ago the only data that i had on a you know kind of college graduate about their abilities to contribute to my company was where did they go to school and what's their transcript look like? Because that informs you about their skill set. Now, I probably have 15 to 20 data points on any student that's gonna apply to work at a company that I'm building. And college is one of them and it's meaningful, but their current social media feed is actually gonna be more influential on my ultimate decision to hire them than where they went to school. I've never looked at a single person's transcript ever in hundreds of people that have come to work at you know the organizations that I've I've founded, um, and so you know our belief is when you look at the needs of accreditation to become accredited, you have to build a curriculum that, by virtue of requiring accreditation, cannot iterate fast enough to meet the needs of industry. It's just frankly it's too slow, um, and so our focus is you know on building the most dynamic uh, curriculum possible that meets the needs of modern industry. And ultimately, the most important credential to us is our students landing their first job. And you know, we are a public benefit corporation. That's how we are incorporated from day one, which is you know, you're probably familiar with an innovative structure that allows you to raise you know traditional venture capital backing or you know investors, um, but ultimately serve a social mission. And so we have people that made a commitment to us 
to say, look, I believe in both your financial and you know, perhaps even more so your social mission, because I can put my money into a lot of things, and we're gonna be held accountable to that based on the success of our students. And so if the credential of a mission you, you know, uh, completion, right, our year, a mission you grad doesn't have carry weight in the, the workforce, then we haven't done our jobs. Right. What's your ultimate vision with this? So let's say everything works out mm-hmm. as you want it to five, ten years from now. Yeah. How many majors are there going to be? Are you going to expand the yeah. duration? Will it be modular in terms of yeah. people doing maybe multiple majors before they leave? What are you thinking? Um, you know, my, my goal is certainly, you know, in the next five to ten years that we grow to a size where we have thousands, you know, more than likely tens of thousands of students that are part of Mission U at its core, right? So you know, our growth, it's 25 students per cohort, you're living within 50 miles of a city. Um, you know, right now our applications are open nationally. Uh, we're really going to look at the student demand and make that decision around where that first city is going to be. But we'll grow geographically. So I would see us in dozens of cities, not just domestically, but eventually globally. Um, I would see us increasing the frequency uh, in which we launch a cohort. So right now it's quarterly, but that should get to a place where it could even be monthly or, or less. And then having uh, many majors across a lot of different disciplines. And right now it's it's data analytics and business intelligence, but I'm interested in a lot. Of, I mean, nursing is a really compelling space to me. Massive demand, very fulfilling career, well-paid, and there's a huge shortage of nurses for an aging baby boomer population. So I think those three variables allow us to reach you know scale in, in a really substantial way. Um, so what other areas? So nursing? Yeah, that's one of my interests. Yeah. And there's others that are you know in the kind of high growth spaces. Um, digital marketing is one that is really compelling to me. Product management is compelling to me. Um, there's, a, there's a handful of others in kind of the, the health and well-being space. Um, but a lot of it is going to be based on kind of industry research and speaking to employers and saying, you know, where are the challenges that you're currently having? You know, the top 10 most in-demand in demand jobs 10 years from now don't exist today. And so, you know, once autonomous vehicles come, then there's going to be an entirely set of industries that we will not have prepared people for, right? And at college, it's going to be very challenging to train those people. So we want to fill those needs. But, you know, we've always looked at, uh, my co-founder Mike and I, we look at the core kind of institution as a laboratory. Um, at Pencil Promise, when you built hundreds of schools, one thing you realize is you can test out innovation that can scale to you know, other schools that aren't maybe your proprietary schools, but you know, we have literacy curriculum that's being used in you know, multiple schools across entire regions where we haven't physically had to build a school. So you know, our goal here is ultimately to reach millions of students, uh, and that's through the laboratory uh, of these kind of thousands of students that are participating in our core programs and testing on innovations that you know, potentially existing traditional colleges could adopt, or employers could adopt, or even high school could adopt in some capacity. But, you know, the one thing I know as an entrepreneur is um, no matter what, you have to be adaptive to the changes of the world around you. And I think in the next, you know, five years, uh, one thing that's certainly going to happen is the average uh, college graduate who has debt, which is seven in 10 graduates, they're going to surpass $50,000 on average of, of debt in the next five years. And in about 10 years from now, we just projected this out, they're going to pass about $100,000 per college graduate if all trends stay the same. And when we get even close to that type of world, we're going to have some people who can afford that and participate in it. And then we're going to have others who say, I want to take a different path. And, and the big vision here is to enable uh, a world in which college is not a one-size-fits-all model and where students have choices. And those choices make sense for them and their well-being and mission you as well. 
How can the IV audience best support you with Mission U? Um, well, one is, you know, if you know of any prospective student that you think would be a good fit for this, uh, whether that's you yourself or a cousin, a nephew, you know, a niece, something like that, uh, someone that you mentor, have them go to Mission U, just letter U at the end, uh, M-I-S-S-I-O-N-U.com, and, you know, um, apply for the program. Uh, that, that's the first thing. Um, the second part is that you know, I would encourage anyone uh, who is in the employer space that's looking to hire uh, individuals who are coming uh, out of a program with the exact skills that they need for their company to reach out to us. There's a, you know, missionu.com slash partners and you can uh, just contact us there, join as an employer partner. That would be, you know, thrilling for us to get to ultimately serve the needs of, of any company in the future. And then hopefully just, you know, spread the word, tell people out there about, um, the fact that there's a valid college alternative for the 21st century. Absolutely. Well, it's a fascinating project. It's a very meaningful one. And uh, I wish you every success. Thank you for being here. Looking forward to supporting. Thank you. And one thing I'll, I'll actually offer just to your specific audience is that uh, if anyone out there knows of a great student for Mission U and they refer that student to us on the um, application, there's a section um, where you can actually just get a little uh, referral link and um, if you refer a student and they end up getting into the program and completing the full year and um, are successful, uh, we give that student $500 and we give you $500 as well. Amazing. We'll include that link with this yeah. podcast. Thank you so much, Adam. Thank you. That's our show for this week. Thanks again for tuning in to the Ivy Podcast by Ivy, the social university. We are the grad school for life, and our mission is to spark world-changing collaborations by introducing you to the most inspiring people, ideas, and experiences in the world. Check us out at ivy.com for life-changing advice and gatherings, and the foremost thought leaders shaping our world today. For more information about the Ivy community, and to find out about events happening near you, visit ivy.com and email us via membership at ivy.com. Dream big and stay inspired. Thank you.